0: I am going to talk to you today. It's going to be more of a teaching about how to live the successful Christian life. Amen. Amen. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I do try every day to do what God tells me to do. Uh, and the very first thing that He wants us to do, it goes along with what Ms. Parrish and Frank talked about you've got to get in the Word. You have to get in the Word. Because if you don't have the Word inside of you, when issues come up, you don't know how to fight. That's right. You know, and you gotta have that weapon. It's called a sword for a reason. It is a weapon. And so in Psalm 19:7, the Word says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. You know, I am forever grateful for the day that I gave my life to Jesus Christ. It, forever changed me. You know, there was that little puzzle piece that was shaped like Jesus that finally got put into place. And then it's amazing the peace of God that comes into your life when you do that. It's like the whole world has been washed clean. It's amazing. And I just remember all the anxiety and the things that I had been raised with as a child it all went away in one moment of time. That's what Jesus does for us. He brings peace and joy and love into our lives. And we just wanna love everybody, amen? When we're converted, you know, it, it just makes, because that's who he is, he's love. And so because he's inside of you, you wanna love people too. I'm not saying it's always easy, especially, you know, when we look at our world today and the things that are going on, uh, it's just amazing. But these people are screaming for somebody to love them. That's why they are like they are. And nobody has told them the truth. So that's why it's very important that uh, Dr. John and I, as your pastors and overseers, we want you to know what the real love of God is. It also offers perfection the testimony of the lord is sure making wise the simple <laughs> this is where i <laughs> this is where i write <laughs> i'm the simple so you know it's like i said it's just so important to seek the lord every day because you know the word it says the steps of the righteous are ordered by him and so for you to know how to walk your life out you need to be in the word and ask him and he'll, t- he'll lead you daily because He promises He will. You know, a lot of people say, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But the truth is, what do you like to do? Because He put that in you. If you like to sing, if you like to preach, if you like to do art, if you like to counsel, you know, whatever the thing that you love to do, that's not you. God put that in you. Yeah, right. That is what He wants to use you for. I mean, Miss Linda is a great cook, and I mean, she takes care of us, and Carla, and Craig, and all these people that volunteer, and Miss uh, Aubria, all these people that volunteer around here doing things, God has put that gift in them, and that's what he wants to use in them. He'll show you what to do. The Word also offers wisdom. I mean, how many of us want wisdom in our lives? We need it every day to walk this life out. And it says in Psalm, um, yeah, making the the simple, making wise the simple. I love it when God uses the most, trying to think of what the word is, the least expected person that you would think could do something amazing. And he just, you know. He just laughs in the world's face and say, how about this, yeah. hmm? This guy invented a heart, you know, heart valves. This guy did this. and I mean, he, he just makes even simple people smart. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The word offers wisdom, I'm so glad. In Psalm 19, eight, it says, the statutes of the Lord are right rejoice in the heart. You know, when you walk in the ways of the Lord, it's a happy life. Not always, but most of the time it is. Because he has that joy inside of us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so because of that, we can be happy. You know, even in uh, tragic times. I know when when we lost my niece, God, it's been six years this September, when she drowned in the Red River. Even through that, she saved all four of her children. And then she couldn't save herself. But the Lord showed me something through that and let me know that she could have been saved. But she had been speaking forever. This is why it's so important. Watch what you say. Yes. She had been saying forever, I'm going to drown in the Red River. Oh, no. she, was 20, she, she was 29 years old she was always saying that and every time she would say that to me I would tell her no no you're not stop saying that and the day they called me and told me that she had uh, they couldn't find her in the river you know John and I were in Granbury and so of course we immediately started heading to Thackerville and on the way I don't want y'all to think I'm spooky but on the way I saw her face in my windshield, and she was smiling at me, and I knew she was at peace because she had had a horrible life, and she chose. She chose to go. The Lord showed me the moment, and when my sister and I, when they finally found her and brought her out, uh, Sandy says, let's pray over and rebuke the spirit of death and what a testimony this will be. And I mean, hey, I'm all for that. I believe in raising people from the dead. I've prayed for that, and it's happened, so I know God can do it. And so we laid our hands, you know, I laid my hands on my sister, and she laid them on Tasha. And as I'm standing there, the Lord said, stop. She doesn't want to come back. And I just stepped back. And I didn't say a word, I just quit praying, and So my sister continued, and well, needless to say, she didn't raise from the dead, and my sister told me a week later, she said, Ann, when I was praying for her, the Lord told me to stop. She's where she wants to be, with me. You know, and we gotta have wisdom for those kind of moments, but even through all that, we still had the joy of the Lord, because we were at peace, because we knew where she was where she is and we're going to see her again, you know, and the joy of the Lord, he, he just promises, uh, such a peace in our lives because I had a very unpeaceful raising. Peace means a whole lot to me. And, uh, you know, like I said, even though we live in a real tumultuous world right now, we can still have peace and it's not who's in the White House. Amen. We have an enemy and he hates he hates us. Yeah. He hates America because of what we stand for. And uh, that's the thing we have to keep in our minds that people are not our enemies. It's real hard to think they are. <laughs> but that's not where our army, it's not where our war is. It's not against flesh and blood. But Amen. But against power. power, Prince. Yep, all the powers of the darkness. That's who our enemy is. And that's why we need to know and gotta have wisdom To know what to do. Um, The Word offers a merry heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It offers revelation. And like I said, you know, we live in a pretty rough world right now. I know back in the 70s when we came to the Lord and really dedicated ourselves to Him, um, David Wilkerson had written a book called The Vision. Has anybody read that book? We're seeing that. And you know, when I read the book, I thought, this is crazy. This is never going to happen in America. But he talked about pornography on TV, free for everybody to watch. He talked about gay marriage. He talked about, you know, I mean, everything that we are seeing today, he wrote 40 years ago. But that's okay. We're not of this world. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So it It's good, it's all good i want I don't want y'all to be troubled by what you see. I want you to be at peace and know that God has you in His hands uh, in nineteen seventy six John and I went to Christ for the Nations, and it forever changed our lives. We met our best friends there, the Sparks they've been our best friends ever since. We go on vacations together, we raised our kids together, we're Auntie Ann and Uncle John, and you know that's It's amazing how God connected us, and we are forever friends. And uh, one of the things we learned there, though, from Miss Frieda Lindsay was read the Bible every day. You got to get in that word. You got to get in the word. And she said, three chapters every day and five on Sunday. (laughs) She would always go, three, five, three, five. Remember that. I'm not always. Perfect at that, but I do try to make that my goal every day, because, like I said, if you know what's in the Word, you know how to fight these battles when they come. And that it's amazing to me uh, when the Lord asked me to start praying for people, because you know I just thought, well, what if they die? <laughs> he goes, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about me. And it's about me and that person. All I'm telling you to do is go lay hands on them, and it's up to uh, me and them. And so, man, that was so freeing to hear that. And, you know, all of you can do that. Everybody in here can lay hands on people and see them healed. You just got to have the faith to believe it. That's the key. And so uh but if you have that word in you, you know who you are in Christ. And so therefore you have confidence in what God's word says. And you know he says that Jesus said, "If you've seen me, you've seen the Father." He never killed anybody. I never saw it. And even though a lot of preachers say he does, he does not. He came to life give life and life more abundantly the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy and when you know those things you can pray with such confidence and such faith believing God for anything I mean anything and so it's so important to get those words before you in uh, Deuteronomy 6 6 through 9 uh, Dr. Haller spoke about this last week but you know we learn by repetition And so Deuteronomy 6, 6 says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou settest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thy eyes and thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and upon thy gates. In other words, the word is before you all the time. I know uh, when my daughter was believing God for a baby, she had all kinds of scriptures all over her house, on the refrigerator, on her bathroom mirror, everywhere. There's no barren one among you. I mean, all the scriptures about having babies, she had them before her all the time. Well, she has three babies, so it works, Amen. (laughs) amen. So keep that word before you. You know, I've heard people say, uh, that they've said to their children, you didn't come with an instruction manual. Yes, they did. It's called the Word of God. You do have an instruction manual. And if you'll read it and do what it says, then it works out, you know. And people ask me how I raised three preachers, and I said, well, first off, I beat their little rear ends. I loved them and told them what great people they were, and God called them, not me. So that was very important to me. And, you know, but if you teach people about the love of God and His grace and His mercy, they believe it and they can do it. You can do it, you can do it. You just gotta believe it, amen. Number two is prayer, First Timothy two, 1 Timothy 2.1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Remember the sermon, spit it out? This is it. Supplication is praying for what you need. You know, the word says you have not, because you ask not. And a great example of this just recently, I mean, I love it when God, of course he's always doing wonderful stuff, but our daughter and son-in-law uh, have taken the church in Dallas and so they wanted to get closer because they lived in McKinney. I know that doesn't seem like a long ways but in Dallas traffic it is. <laughs> so they were looking for a home and they put their house on the market sold it in one week. Yeah. Mom staged it. <laughs> Amen. And uh, as soon as they sold their house, they found the house that they wanted. Now, the whole family had sat down, they all sat down one night and said, all right, Sophie, you tell me what you want in the house, Pierce, you tell us what you want, Max, and Mom and Dad. Well, it's amazing, because this house is exactly what they wanted. And they got it for a phenomenal price for where it is. And, uh, It was funny, because I was, you know, everybody loves a house. Now, all the stuff that was wrong with it was not disclosed, but that's okay. They're working that out, and they're making it theirs. But Pierce wanted a pool in the backyard. So they didn't get a pool in the backyard. They got a pool about 10 steps away, That's the HOAs, they have to take care of it. <laughs> Mom and dad don't. So it's, he always does exceeding abundantly above all we think or ask. There's a whole park right behind them. It has a, a playground, a tennis court, a basketball court, a swimming pool, and another playground. And all the houses surround it. It's so neat. I mean, it's just for that one development. So get specific with what you want with God. but He wants you to. You know, he loves blessing you with the things that you want. You're his child. Don't you like to bless your kids with what they want? I love that. That, that was just so encouraging to me as a mom to see this all come to pass. And their church is doing great. They, uh, they have outreaches all the time. They do a, an Adopt the Block once a month. They do uh, a picnic every Wednesday outside, and so the whole... Uh, area there comes and they've been able to minister to a lot of people and grow their church. Amen. And you pray for what God wants you to pray. He wants you to pray for His kingdom to come to pass and for His will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. That's very important because, you know, a lot of times you're the only Jesus somebody's going to see. And that's why we are to be about our Father's business, because that's what we're called to do. Um, I had a lady uh, last night, last two days, my sweet husband's been in board meetings, and they are <laughs> boring. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You have to get business done. You know, I mean, it's a big school, and he's the director at Christ for the Nations, so he gave them his vision, and they loved it, of course, and, And, uh, but because of that, it was two solid days of meetings. And 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 so afterwards, we went to supper last night, and one of the ladies there that has just been put into a great position, she's one of the uh, big staff. I don't know what they exactly call her, but she has such great vision for the school. And uh, she was just telling me, she said, you know, I was just on a flight. I don't know where she went, but She said, and this girl came and sat beside me. And she said, so what do you do? She said, well, I'm a teacher. I teach at a Bible school. And so she just starts telling her whole story. And this woman was sitting there with tears running down her face because she was talking, I mean, Nina is her name. She said, I just automatically talk about the Lord because that's who's inside of me and I love to share it. And, you know, she got to share the love of Jesus with this woman and what a great thing that God has done in her life. That's your greatest testimony, you know. And uh, just sharing and getting people to know that God is a good God and that he wants good things for your life. And intercessions. You know, Jesus always wants us to pray for other people and have compassion because Jesus had compassion on people. And I'll just be honest, when I see people standing on the corner, I just want to go, get a job. (laughs) But you don't know what brought them there. You have no clue why these people are standing on a street corner. I mean, to me, that is one of the most humiliating things you could ever do. So that tells me they're in a bad place in their life. And so I try to give them money and bless them. You know, because he says give to the poor. And that's what we're supposed to do. And to have compassion on them. And like I said, it's, you know, we just don't know why they're there. We don't know why the people of the world, the only reason they act like they do is because they're not loved. And that's what our hearts cry out for, is to be loved. And that's what we're supposed to do, is love them. Even when, you know, maybe You know, we don't want to at first, but then, you know, that compassion comes into your heart. And you just think, Jesus, thank you, that's not me. Thank you, I'm not standing on a street corner. But I will bless this person. They need it. Number four is thanksgiving. I always love when I pray for people to thank the Lord that whatever they're asking for, it's already done. And I thank him for it in advance, before I ever see it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if y'all know, Dean Stockton is in the hospital. He, uh, they thought he had torn his colon and they were gonna air flight him to Plano. <laughs> the doctor that he went to was in Plano, having an operation. <laughs> so they anyway, they sent him down there, which was a good thing. And uh, we just said, no, we're not having this not having this. And so we just started rebuking that. We commanded his body to respond to the antibiotics. And they are not feeding him or giving him anything to drink for two days. So pray for that. Of course, they're giving him IVs. And it's pumped full of uh, antibiotics. And so this morning, Uh, Christina texted me and she said he's the infection, I don't know where all these points are and all that, but I'm not a doctor. But anyway, it went from 16 to 12. So the infection is going down. And they are believing if they can get this infection cleaned up, there won't have to be a surgery. And so I want you standing and believing for that with me. He's going to be a walking testimony just like Craig and just like Miss Rhonda and so many more of you here that God has miraculously touched. You know, the Lord created us to be like him. And you know, he loves a grateful heart. Don't you love it when you when you do something for somebody and they thank you, thank you so much. Well, you know what? God's like that too. So be grateful, be thankful. Even when you don't see the answer, thank him in advance because it's coming. It's coming. Amen? And the great thing is, it's always more and better than what we think it's going to be. Amen? The third thing is fellowship. Uh, When Dr. Haller and I got saved and really decided to walk with God, we went to church six nights a week. I know y'all think that's crazy. But we were so hungry for the things of God, and so we joked and said our kids had a drug problem because we drugged them with us everywhere. <laughs> our little church didn't have a nursery, so they had to, they went to sleep on the pews and everything else, you know. But I see the fruit of that in my children's lives because we stayed in fellowship with God. I'm not saying you're going to hell if you don't come to church. Just no, <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but you should be in church more than you're out. Yes. Because when you're in church, that blood is flowing. And the fellowship of God's people, yes. that's where your healing can come. Yes. Because the word says in Hebrews 10.25, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more the more as you see the day approaching. Do you see the day approaching? Yes. I mean, it's it's coming. And so it's very important that you stay. Stay in fellowship. You know, I, I don't know what I'd do without the church, without the body of believers. I, I can't even imagine what my life would be like. I don't know how the people in the world live, honestly, without him. But I can't imagine how frightened and how scared, and they just live in fear all the time. Uh, I the other day, well, twice going down 75 from Dallas and back up here, I've seen the police. Uh, what do you call the, the, memorial. the memorials. The yeah. memorials. And uh, I mean, it just breaks my heart that this is happening in our country. And, uh, but even when I've seen wrecks on the side of the road, there will be 10 police cars. I mean, I can't imagine the fear these people are going through right now. They are, they are going in groups. I've never seen that before. And I went by a wreck. There were four ambulances. It was only two cars. There were four ambulances, two fire trucks, and eight police cars. Wow. I've never seen that. Wow. But that's where our country is. And I, I just really hate it. And that's why we have to be a light to this world because we can tell them you don't have to be afraid. You know, hey, if we die, we win. (laughs) It's a win-win for us. But for other people, if they don't know Jesus, it's not. And that's why it's so important to stay in fellowship with the body of believers. The Hebrews still had sacrifices, but the writer of the Hebrews is telling them that those sacrifices would do nothing for sins. The blood of the covenant, the blood of Jesus flows through his body, the church, and is forever effective for cleansing. So going to church keeps you scrubbed up. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I mean, we spend three hours a day feeding our bodies. We spend anywhere from six to ten hours a day feeding our minds. Is it too much to ask the people of God to spend three or four hours a week? In his word and in fellowship with his people. It's just real simple. With the fellowship of the believers, with the preaching and teaching of the word of God, with heartfelt worship from our lips. Number four is witnessing. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to do this. You know, that still small voice, tell them about me. Yes. Tell them about me. Yes. You know he's speaking to you all the time we don't always hear him but he's always speaking and he loves mankind you know i remember the first time the lord told me to pray for somebody and it was i was shaking all over but as soon as i did it that power came that power manifested through me and it gave me the boldness to speak to them and tell them the truth about what God wanted for them. That he wanted them healed. He wanted them saved. Yeah. And he wanted them going to heaven to be with him again. Amen? So don't be afraid to witness to people. You know, W.A. Criswell, he was the biggest pastor, Baptist pastor in Dallas for years and years. And he said, honestly, there's no way, no bad way to tell anybody about Jesus. That's right. And the best way you can tell them is about your experience. What did you experience when Jesus came into your life? Was it peace, forgiveness, love, restoration in relationships? Whatever that was, just share that with somebody. You know, uh, just like the lady did on the airplane. She was just sharing her life, and that woman was just sitting there crying because she was so touched because of what Jesus had done for her. You'd be amazed at what God will do through you If you'll just tell people. They want to hear it. Trust me. They want to hear it. And they can't argue with your experience. (laughs) Amen. Amen. They don't have a fight. So, (laughs) amen. Amen. Number five. I know you knew I'd get around to this. (laughs) Giving. Giving. Philippians 4.15, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even the in Thessalonica, Thessalonica, I'll get it right in a minute, you sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. And you all know this one. But my God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then Luke 6:38, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom, for with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. This is an issue I don't understand why people struggle with it. I I just don't. John and I were tithing before we were even walking with God. We were farmers. And we know what you sow, you're going to reap. So we just started tithing before we started walking with God. And we see the fruit of it today. You know, He's going to bless you. He's going to give it back to you. The preacher's not trying to get money from you. He's trying to get money to you. (laughs) Anyway, we always understood that that law, that whatever you sow, you're going to reap. I know that maybe your mother or grandma told you you're going to pay for that as a kid, but... That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about finances. you know. Uh, I don't know if y'all know Robert Morris. He's the preacher at Gateway in Dallas. There are several of them all around. Well, I read his book last year. It's called The Blessed Life. And he started out as an evangelist, and so he and his wife uh, would travel to different churches And they never knew what the offerings were gonna be. Now that's living by faith, people. And so, uh, But God met them every every month, their bills all got paid. They kinda knew what they needed, you know. But uh, anyway, so he said he went to, uh, they were on their way and he stopped at a gas station to put gas in. And he went in to pay for it. And the lady says, it's taken care of. And he said, what do you mean? She said, it's taken care of. You don't owe me anything. But what do you mean by that? She said, when you drove up, the Lord told me you're a man of God and I'm to pay for your gas. Wow. And he goes, and there started the adventure with the blessed life. Yeah. Yeah. He said, it, it, was, it seemed like a small thing, but God told him, I'm fixing to take you to another level. So they had asked him to come and preach at this church, which was a real small church, and it was the only uh, commitment he had for that whole month in this little tiny church. And so after he preached, the the pastor came up and he told him, he said, I'm so excited. This is the largest offering this church has ever given. And he said, wow, okay, thank you. So he opens it up and it's exactly what they needed. Surprise. Well, there had been a missionary that had spoken earlier in the service. And so when everybody was leaving the church and it was over and everything and the Lord spoke to him and said, I want you to give that check to him, the missionary. He goes, what, what? <laughs> what? Lord, you, you didn't say that. Surely not. <laughs> I want you to give him the whole thing. Trust me. And he goes, I, You know, I tried to bargain with God. <laughs> you, you mean part, right? Just, just a little, you know, and he just. He said, the Lord just kept getting louder and louder. He said, I want you to give it all to him. Okay. So he went over, handed the whole check to him. And he said, "Um, don't tell anybody I did this. (laughs) Because he didn't want anybody in the church to feel bad about him giving his offering away. Anyway, so they all went out to eat. And they're sitting at this table and... This guy leans over to him and he goes, How much was your check? He said, I just, I, what? He said, I couldn't believe the nerve of this man asking me how much my check was. And he goes, He said, and I was so shocked by it, I told him. <laughs> I told him what it was. And he goes, Let me see it. He went, I don't have it. My wife has it, she's at the end of the table. He goes, go ask her for it. (laughs) He said, so he got up and he's sitting there thinking, God, what am I gonna do, what am I gonna do? He said, first off, I just preached the gospel and i just bare face to this man. (laughs) He said, I can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) He said, so I went down and I asked my wife, how is your pizza? (laughs) She said, It's good. (laughs) So he goes back. He said, she left it in the car. I lied again. (laughs) He said, go get it. (laughs) You just, I mean, God has such a sense of humor. he (laughs) He He said, the check's not out there, Robert. I know it's not. He said, how much was that check they gave you? And he told him, he said, take this one. And it was ten times (laughs) what God had given him. What he gave to the missionary. (laughs) Trust God with your giving. He wants to get it back to you. He loves you. You just got to trust him. You should get this book and read it. I mean, this is amazing. These people gave away nine cars, their whole bank account, wow. their house, and it all came back and more. I'm not telling you you have to give your house away or your car. I'm just saying, whatever you believe God for, he's going to take you to the next level and it's only going to be better. You know, I um, the first time one of the first times I had to give up a house was the, the one that I really loved was in San Angelo. It was an old Victorian home. We had worked on it for 10 straight years. And then the Lord said, Go to Austin and build a church. So I was packing my stuff up, and my old uh, youth pastor's wife came over and she goes, How do you do this? How do you just, you've spent 10 years working on this house, and you've just about got it like you want it and now you're just walking away from it. I said, well, Krista, there's houses everywhere. And you know what? The next one I get is going to be better. Because his word is true. He said, if you give up mother, father, houses, brothers, sisters, whatever you give up in this life, I will return it in this lifetime. And so every time I have moved, I have gone up. And I am here now I live in a home that's not mine, but it's free to me. I mean, you don't get any better than that. So I have moved up. I have moved up. And I want you to understand that. That's what God wants to do for you because he loves you. Amen. All righty. I just want you to know God's faithful. And so what I have shared with you today is the way to a successful Christian life is number one, the Word of God, number two, prayer, number three, fellowship, number four, witnessing, and number five, giving. I hope you learned something today, and I hope you take it all to heart, and it changes your life. Amen? Amen. God bless you.